You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today I am recording this in advance because uh, right now, when you're listening to this and when this launches, I am balls deep in a South Dakota hunt. More than likely, I'm getting my ass handed to me by the deer of Western South Dakota. And, uh, but the good news is, is that I'm looking at the forecast and it's supposed to be warm for like the first two days, like in the seventies, which should be very nice. And then a cold front's going to come in where it's going to rain. I think there's a 50% chance, 30, 40, 50% chance. It's going to rain for two days. Then it's going to potentially snow. And then the, uh, the highs are going to be in the, uh, high twenties, low thirties. And so this is the latest that I have ever been in South Dakota. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what, uh, what plays out because of this, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to see a lot of deer movement, especially in this, with this front that's coming through. Um, the issue slowly becomes, if it's going to be wet for a lot of days, whether or not I will be able to drive as far as uh, I, I need to, to get to some of the positions or uh, locations that I have hunted in the past. Uh, a lot of dirt roads, a lot of sand roads, um, a couple hills, two I'm thinking of, three actually I'm thinking of in particular where it's really steep and if it's, it's a lot of like big pebbles that make it slippery even when it's dry. And so there's some things that I need to think about there. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that either the, the rain is minimal uh, in this event, and then that allows me to get to where I want to get. And so there's that. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Short intro today, but we're going to be talking with a guy named Jeremy Nicholson from Missouri who just shot the biggest buck of his life and just shot the biggest buck that has been on his farm in a very, very, very long time, if ever. And so today we talk about this, this fully functioning farm, both in agriculture and livestock. Uh, we talk about the fact that it's mainly agriculture and cattle operation, and it's not, not a lot of trees, right? It's, it, but the deer live on another uh, farm and they use his farm as a transition, use his farm as a food source. And so that's what the whole, it's the whole breakdown. If you listen, if you've ever listened to this podcast, you know exactly what's coming your way. An awesome story, an awesome breakdown. And not only in, um, the deer herd that itself, the terrain that this hunter hunts on, and then the, uh, the strategy that went into, uh, killing this buck. And so that's what we're talking about today. 
I'm going to run through this quick because I got to get back to hunting. Uh, here we go with the commercials. If you're looking for a badass saddle, check out Tethered. Uh, Tethered is an awesome saddle, comp uh, saddle operation. I am going to be doing a review on the, or I, by this time, I think I will have already done it, but it's a, uh, review on some of the saddles that I've hunted with some of the tethered equipment that I've used and uh, so look forward to that uh, la, 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 la. I'm mumbling on my words here but uh, if you're looking for a saddle saddle hunting accessories go check out tetherednation.com wasparchery.com my goal is to put a three blade jackhammer deep into the vitals if not all the way through the vitals of a giant South Dakota mule deer this uh this year and so stand by for pictures of that if at all <laughs> it could be a small mule deer too because uh, i'm gonna shoot anything with ant anything legal with antlers and so wasparchery.com is going to be the slaying device that i use and that is uh, wasparchery.com discount code nfc20 for 20 percent off uh, code blue sense uh, discount code NFC20. I'm starting to have deer show up on my trail cameras that are in front of mock scrapes, and it seems to be working. Uh, they seem to be working. I probably need to freshen up some of the scrapes that I've made and, and put a little of their synthetic scent in there as well. Uh, so, uh, codebluesense.com. Uh, Woodman's Pal. Uh, the Woodman's Pal is a habitat tool. It's basically a machete. It's made in America. It's been around since the 40s. Uh, I'm going to keep one in my pack and one in my truck. And that way, if I ever need to hack some bushes, chop some tree limbs down, uh, I can I can use it. So woodmanspal.com. Huntworth. Also, we'll be talking about Huntworth in this upcoming... Uh, in this upcoming... Oh, geez. Uh, hunting Gear Podcast that uh, I'll be talking about. Talking about some of the the products that I've been using there. So it's going to be a very short episode. Just want to run through a couple, a uh, couple things. And then, uh, last but not least vortex optics. If you're looking for a good optics, man, go check out the brand new triumph HD binocular. They have a new youth model out. Go check that out. And if you guys are interested in a discount, I can send you, it won't be directly to vortex, but I can, uh, send you to some website like Euro Optic or something like that where you can get a 10% discount off of uh, the Vortex uh, gear that they have. And then also they have a they have a uh, uh, apparel line too. So if you're looking for some cool kick-ass t-shirts, hats, shirts, shorts, you name it, they have it, uh, vortexoptics.com. And then last but not least is, I've said last but not least on the two one, the last two, but Full Sneak Gear, brand new apparel company that I've started, brand new, um, brand new, brand new, brand new, just launched a stocking cap. That's where you're going to find the official Nine Finger Chronicles hat. And then as well as some really cool t-shirt designs that are coming down the pipe. And uh, I'm excited to see what the next, uh, what the, the next uh, t-shirt has to offer because I'm working with a company that makes death metal t-shirts for death metal bands. So imagine a zombie buck from your nightmares coming your way. <laughs> so uh, take that with a grain of salt. All right. Uh, let's get into today's episode with Jeremy Nicholson on an absolutely gigantic buck that he got this early season. Enjoy. Three, two, one. Uh, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. And today we're going to be joined by Ger Jeremy Nicholson of Missouri. Dude, thanks for taking time out of your day to hop on. No problem. Happy to be here. All right. So you slayed a giant. And we're going to get into that whole story uh, here in a moment. But before we do, what do you do for a living? So, yeah, I'm um, the lead sales consultant for an um, e-commerce agency and digital marketing agency called Classy Llama. So uh, Classy we're based out, of, based out of Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Yep, we, do, we do a lot of digital marketing stuff um, and build transactional websites for people in the – a lot of automotive, a lot of manufacturing – a lot of outdoor industry, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what we do. I, you know, travel once or twice a, a month, but uh, stay pretty busy with that. Gotcha. So, 
for the uninitiated, you you help other companies sell their products digitally. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. And build and build websites um, mainly on on the big commerce uh, Adobe platforms. Perfect. So, Perfect. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, let's talk about. I, I don't know why this first question popped into my head, but. I feel like, and maybe it's because I live in Iowa and I know a lot of people who hunt Missouri too, or live in Missouri and hunt Missouri, um, especially the guys from the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. They're over there yeah. in, I believe, Western um, Western Missouri, West Central, mm-hmm. you know, Southwest. Anyway, I, I hear them talk about the, a lot of people talk about Missouri's rules and regulations as far as, mm-hmm. you know, deer hunting is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. how, what are your thoughts? Good, bad, ugly. Um, it's going to be overall bad, um, in my opinion. I'm I'm jealous of the Iowas. Okay. Uh, I'm jealous of the, you know, I'm not a big fan of the rifle seasons uh, right during the rut. Um, I uh, it's funny you ask that. I was I sent a picture. I saw a picture on social media today of the 1984 deer season in Missouri and what that looked like. Mm-hmm. They didn't allow anybody to shoot a doe. Okay. Right. Um, and well, in, in the County I'm in, they didn't allow does. Um, you know, you had, you had to shoot bucks. Uh, I just remember growing up starting, starting to hunt when I was like 10. So I'd have been in the mid nineties. Yeah. Well, grandpa and dad were like, don't shoot. We hardly ever saw deer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, today there's, there's a really good deer population. It's gotten a lot better. Um, overall regulations. I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of the, the, it being in the rut, um, the rifle season. Yep. I'm not a huge fan of the the cheap the cheap non-resident tags. Um, obviously, <laughs> a resident. I don't. Uh, we've got some land up north, you know, about 50 miles from the Iowa line, and it's it gets it gets littered with you know non-residents coming in. It's a it's an easy state to hunt for non-residents. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think what you're going to start seeing is a reduction of non-resident tags statewide. Uh, and I feel like, I, I don't know why, uh, per se, I think that the hunters are finally going to start speaking up and saying, mm-hmm. Hey dude, like, we don't like this. Right. Yeah. And the, the only issue is that initial, initially, I feel like it's going to, going to tear the hunting community uh, a little mm-hmm. bit because you go to some guy who loves hunting the rut, rut with a rifle and you say, Hey dude, we're going to push it back a week. Like when does the rifle season in Missouri start? Um, this year, November tenth, I believe. Okay. It's normally from the like to the tenth to the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, yep. and there are just so many deer killed. You know, we've got up north, we've got several antler restriction counties. You know, yep. four point sides. I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see that helping at all. Yep. <laughs> I see those beautiful two year old tens that get shot. Is yep. what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, you know, here in Southwest Missouri, I mean, if you look at uh, the deer we've killed up north versus the deer we've killed in Southwest Missouri, me, me, my brothers, and my dad, there's not any difference. Yeah, there's different body size, mm-hmm. but as far as score and um, age, there's not much difference. Right. This is like I agree with you, but yeah. I have this always have this internal debate. Right. If I said. Hey man, I would love for, let's say I was a Missouri, a Missouri resident, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a big bow hunter. I like, I love to bow hunt. I will, I want to push, I want to push the rifle season back a week or two weeks or mimic mm-hmm. Iowa, whatever the case may be. Um, so that not so many deer are shot during the, uh, you know, during the, the rut. With a rifle. Yeah. Okay. Because obviously hunting with a rifle during the rut is easier. Would, would sure. you agree? Okay. So then I think of somebody who's a first time hunter or mm. someone who can't put in the time dedicated to sight mm. a bow in, right? Maybe they're just really busy. I mean, yep. I, bow hunting's my passion. So I, I make time to go do that. Mm. But if we reduce or move that into a potentially colder time of year into a portion of the year where the rut is winding down and deer start to move less. 
Do you think that that would impact the overall um, license sales and hunters actually hunt, hunting numbers actually decline? Yes, I believe it would. Okay, I believe it would. Yes, I. But I don't think it'd be like the first year or two. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, for instance, we we go into December with the, with the rifle. I think the first year or two, people would go in and they'd hunt, right? right. Well, they would probably realize that, um, you know, they're not maybe not killing as many deer. Uh, it's going to be colder, definitely. Um, I mean, Missouri's Missouri, the temperatures can be in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, during during the rifle season. So it's pretty comfortable still. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that it would be a loss of re- reduction of tags and and definitely um, harvest for sure. Gotcha. Okay. And then, but, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, I can see what you're, I can definitely see yeah. um, why their thought process is what they, is what it is. And mm-hmm. they don't want to, I think that people in Missouri don't want to be just like Iowa. So they have a lot of non-residents come in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Obviously. Uh, and, and from my understanding, I know that Northern Missouri has that egg that egg mm-hmm. mix, but the further South you get into it, you start to like, especially when you're in between uh, St. Louis and Kansas city through the Ozarks there. Holy cow, mm-hmm. man. That's just, that's big timber country. Yeah. Yeah. When you get into Lake of the Ozarks um, and then you go straight, straight down South to the middle of the state there, it's very, it's very, you know, Ozark mountainish. Yep. Um, but once you get out, you know, uh, to honestly, it's changed a lot in the last 10 years with uh, where, where we're located, um, you know, from basically Springfield, Missouri West about to Kansas. Yep. There's a lot more crops now than what there was a okay. decade ago. Okay. Um, so I think that has a huge, that's, 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 we've seen a big difference in the quality of deer, obviously um, Southwest Missouri, just from the crops. There's a lot yeah. more of them out here. What are they doing? Turning uh, like old cattle pasture into cropland again? Yep. Yep. Are they yep. cl- clearing timber then as well? Um, there's not, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's some places that are clearing timber. Uh, I really haven't, we haven't seen it, uh, in the places we hunt, mm-hmm. we've just seen open fields go to crops. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, food source. We like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we absolutely. Food, food source equals bigger antlers and everybody loves bigger antlers. Right. Um, yeah. all right. So let's talk a little bit about the terrain on your farm that you hunt, especially this particular deer. Uh, talk about sure. the terrain that you hunt, talk about the neighboring or like the whole area, uh, surrounding mm-hmm. your farms uh, and what that terrain looks like. Sure. Uh, terrain is, you know, I'd, I'd call it, it's pretty rolling Hills, not, not near as not, I mean, creeks, not huge ditches. There's not a lot of big, deep ditches like we see up when we hunt up north in northern Missouri. Yep, yep. Um, so a lot, there's going to be food. There's going to be blocks of timber. Um, so the, you know, the particular area that we hunting, we, we, we're limited in timber mm-hmm. um, with some of our farms. Uh, so we have, we, have so, we have several deer that they're definitely not living just on where we can hunt. Um, they're back and forth you know, on other, you know, on other people's property, on our property, you know, so that's a little bit what it's like. So, yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Um, and so is it like a, you said rolling Hills, but are we talking like a timber, timber egg mix with uh, timbered well, fingers or, or are we talking bigger blocks of woods? Um, I'm talking bigger blocks. Like we biggest block would probably be around, I would say 50, 60 acres of timber. Okay. Um, and then some fingers, we don't get a lot of fingers that go out into these big ag fields yep. you know i would say ag fields would be anywhere between 10 to 30 40 acres that you're going to see you're not going to see these big 100 acre ag fields with big you know fingers of timber coming out we don't we're not hunting that in southwest missouri okay cool all right so then with that said um break down your farm uh you know what the access is like uh like what kind of i mean you is it heavy bedding do you have a lot of transition do you have good staging do you have food what's what's the story there um i would say it just it varies on on the on the prop on the properties um where where i was particularly hunting i would say it's all food Mm -hmm. um deer deer um well not all food about 90 percent of food and then there's about 10 percent of transition Mm -hmm. where we try to intercept them when they're coming off you know off of us on food to to bedding gotcha so and that's that's what that's what got got this one okay so you're you're telling me that 
and I just envision this that it's a big it's big ag big mm-hmm. ag field with like buffer strips and and waterways that run through it yeah fence fin, um fence crossings so um on this particular piece there's you know going to be um you know it's going to be it's, it's really just like a uh, a 50 60 acre piece right okay um and it's mainly beans right now so um there's fence rows that they like to use um you know we we we're pretty you know we're pretty detailed with our cameras so uh you know there's some spots where we've gotten pictures and we know where deer go and how they move the terrain um and then our access you know our access really helps uh we can access it from both sides um so we know you know we're pretty we've seen these deer make make these routes in the past um so being able to know what they like uh is definitely what what uh, what helps for sure okay do you guys do you guys have food plots or leave food in the in the fields yeah, um, we do. Uh, we do. We have we have a few different types of food plots. Um, we you know we we have clover. We've got some turnips, some brassicas. But you know mainly um, on this particular piece that I was at, it was just beans. We don't have we don't have any food plots on it. Just okay. standing beans. I haven't combined them yet. Yeah, and uh, I believe yeah. you were saying before we started recording that this mm-hmm. is a work. This is not only ag, but it's also a working cattle uh, like dairy operation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, yeah, I grew up, well, we grew up on a dairy farm, oh, okay. uh, but we, we sold that. I sold, or my grandpa sold that dairy farm. Um, now my dad just, he backgrounds cattle. Um, okay. so he has cattle on the farm, but they, you know, they're, they're not in this area. Gotcha. Right? We, we own around, there's about 300 acres here. Yep. Um, so, uh, about 150 of its cattle, um, okay. the other we can hunt it. Gotcha. Okay. And so where are the deer betting? Cause it sounded to me like the way you described it, they're betting on, on a neighboring farm and then mm-hmm. popping over to you. And then yeah. you have kind of this transition. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Perfect. Yep. That's accurate. There's a, there's a big block of timber, um, a timbered area, probably I would say 300 acres of, you know, where it's, there's a lot of wood, there's a lot of woods, there's some creeks through there. There's not hardly any ag in yep. that piece. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're going, they're traveling a couple hundred yards to get to our property um, to hunt. So there's a pretty big transition area. Yeah. You know, um, we'll see, we'll see some deer that, that'll come, will come stay, you know, stay on us for maybe a day or two. And then we won't get a picture of them for weeks. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's how this one was the majority of the time. Okay. So mm-hmm. this buck that I'm looking at here is, is a slob. I mean, he's yeah. gigantic. I mean, what, what's that one brow tine? Is that 10 inches, 12 inches? Yeah. He's, yeah. It's a little over 10. Yeah. I'm okay. looking at it right now. Yeah. So, a um, over 10. Okay. So people have to know about him, especially in a state like Missouri, right? I mean, were the surrounding farms, uh, serious hunters too? Did they have trail mm-hmm. cameras out? Did they know about him? Did they talk, talk to you about him? So no, we didn't have okay. any 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 conversations um at all you know we try to keep pretty quiet to ourselves mm-hmm. me and my two brothers my dad um we knew about this deer um two years ago we had we had one or two well one for sure two probably pictures of him during the summer looked like a three-year-old probably had 14 15 scoreables and we're like wow uh let's let's see about him and uh then the next year we had only had a few pictures of him um you know didn't stay very much on our farm at all and then this year we had a few pictures of him during the summer um and then you know he was very very like i said just very similar we hardly ever got pictures of him we kind of had him in the back of our mind but didn't really think we had a really great shot at him yeah. <laughs> and then uh and then the then uh i guess you know a couple of saturday mornings ago it happened yeah so, so um on on the on this farm that's mostly mm-hmm. ag, do you see an uptick in deer movement or homebodies on your farm depending on what uh, crop you have in the dirt? 
not not particularly. We don't see too many too many changes with our deer with with the crops. We don't rotate where 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 we particularly are hunting. There's not much rotation. So Dan, it's just mainly soybeans is what it is. So okay. we don't see a lot of difference in that. Um, you know, because we're there's not a lot of corn around where we're at. Okay, so you're running you're running beans on beans most time. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. yep. Right. And so, um, and so obviously soybeans summer deer love that love that and so that's three years of history with this Mm -hmm. buck and then Mm -hmm. it's and then they skedaddle after the after like they strip velvet or did you ever get any hard horn pictures of them on the property yeah we we did he was running with a bachelor with a pretty good bachelor group um they they dispersed um there's there's a couple that are obviously a lot more um, more noticeable. They're around they're around the area a lot more. Yep. This one we hadn't had a picture of this one in several weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the last picture we 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 had of him, we felt like um, he uh, he he his body didn't look very good. Okay, we, we felt like there were, this deer. If that, this was the deer we thought it was, he was kind of far away. We thought he didn't look. He we thought he might have looked sick. Um, so kind of got a little worried about it. But um, again, wasn't spending a lot of time on our property. We're just kind of crossing our fingers, just hoping he might he might show up. This was for this area. This was really the only deer that we were were uh, were wanting to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple of three year olds, uh, four year olds that really were hoping we'd give them another year. Okay, so y- you you identified this year that this deer was sickly mm-hmm. looking, um, and yep. then and then he, how much time went by? from the time that you got that picture, the last picture of this buck to the time um, season started and you were able to go hunt? Um, it was right around season opener. Okay. Whenever we, whenever we got that picture and, you know, we're like, eh, you know, I think dad was like, he didn't look, that deer doesn't look very good. And um, he was right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, there, then that was the last picture, I believe, that was the last picture we had of him until I, until I was able to harvest him. Okay. All right. So did two and a half weeks. Okay. Did you feel that he disappeared after that? I mean, when a deer for, for me, when a deer does something like that, cause I, I live on a farm or a, I, I hunt on a farm where summer is awesome. If I, if uh-huh. I was to base this summer was different though. Most of the time, Summer's awesome. I'll put a mineral station out and I'll just get giants coming, you know, like your typical Boone and Crockett deer coming to a mineral station in velvet, pretty pictures to look at. But then I know when antlers, you know, when the velvet comes off, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a new story, right? They shift, Mm -hmm. they disperse. And some, some years I'm left with a good one. Some years I'm not. And so I don't get too terribly excited because I know that there's this, there's this shift. Did you, did you, did your gut tell you he's gone or that he was going to stick around and you might have an opportunity for him? The, our, my gut was that most of the time, um, he's not going to be on the property we can hunt and therefore we don't have a very good chance of killing the deer. That's, that's where our gut was. I mean, you know, uh, you know, in the past we've had deer that are a lot more homebodies, you know, yep. they're on the farm 60, 70, sometimes 80% of the time we feel like yeah. they're, they're, on, they're on the farm. Um, we obviously feel like we, we have a lot better chance of harvesting those deer. And then guess what? Sometimes we don't, sometimes yeah. they run, chase go off on the property and somebody shoots them. Yep. Um, this was kind of, we, we kind of got our, um, kind of got lucky on that deal where we actually were able to harvest a deer. I was able to harvest a deer. Um, that didn't spend majority of the time on our property. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was nice to see that, to see that circle come through. <laughs> right. And with this, with this farm being so much agriculture, um, yeah. are tree stand options limited? Are you hunting a lot out of a blind? Um, most of it, it's all, it's tree stands. Tree stands. Um, yeah, there's enough trees on the properties. Okay. Um, that uh, we we're hunting, we're on a lot of, we had a lot of hang-ons. Um, we've got several hang-ons um, in the on the properties. Uh, we do have a, a couple of, you know, makeshift platforms. Um, we've got a <laughs> we've got a hunting house that was made out of a, you know, a, my grandma and grandpa's like little playhouse. We we uh, we got we got uh, we got creative with that. There so, you go. Uh, and then, 
Yeah, and then we have our we have our old school climbers that you know sometimes if we want to get in an old school climber we will. Um, um, you know, I've got a Novik, so we just have I've got a saddle. We yeah. we just you got all the tools. A, yeah, we're just trying to do everything we can to, but uh, mostly it's it's fixed stands that have already been prepped during the summer. Gotcha. So okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, and so with you not let me let me ask you this: mm-hmm. what early season right so you you said to yourself hey i want to go out and hunt on this day correct right mm-hmm. what did you expect the deer to be doing i want to mm-hmm. talk about from the bed to food pattern was this in morning hunt or uh afternoon hunt this is actually morning morning hunt okay morning. all right so i want you to talk to us about what the deer do on these properties where they get out of their bed, they come to food source, and then they transition back into bed. Yep. Walk us through the terrain that these deer are using and and where your ambush points are in that in that line. Sure, sure, yeah. So um, obviously throughout the evening, they're gonna be in the beans, mm-hmm. okay? Um, they're gonna be roaming around the beans. There, there's, some, there's some oaks on that property. They're dropping acorns. So they're gonna be there, majority of the deer then I would say there's about a there's about there's a three pronged approach to a lot of these where these deer will go. They can either go west, they can go east, or they can go south um, to what we would call bed. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a cold front um, coming. Uh, we had a cold front come through. It was the first cold front we had had in October, um, and I was able to access it. We have a really good access point from the south. So I can get in the, uh, the terrain is kind of rolling. So like I'm below the, the beans when I'm coming up so I can hunt right next to the beans and still get in there. And it's a little risky if they're right in the corner, but, um, you know, thankfully they're not. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, we, uh, and they, you know, we got, I, I was able to get that deer luckily coming off of that field South and coming to the bed, which you know, I, I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like that, that deer was headed, um, still had about two to 400 yards to go before he got to his bed. Okay. All right. And so was this the first day that you could hunt or what? Like, no, nope. was this a September no, kill or October? It's October. Both, both seasons start September 15th. Yeah. So it was October, uh, yeah, it was the first week of October. Okay, all right. So, all right, and so, so was- you and and so right around season opener, fifteen mm-hmm. days, fifteen days previous, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the time the days were, um, you got a picture of him somewhere in that same line. Yes, yes. So we got a picture of him, um, basically west, leaving that west access is what I would call it, that yep. southwest west access. We got a picture of him there. Um, I couldn't get that to that area in the morning, so I was just going to hunt the the south, I guess the south southeastern mm-hmm. point where they're accessing, right? Um, okay. So is that making sense? Yep. Kind of like yep. a the kind of field, and they access either they access bed southeast or southwest. Yep. Kind of go around around some equipment, around some houses, and things like that. Okay. All right. And so then. Um why didn't you go after this deer right away in September when you got that picture, picture of him? Um, we did. No, I, I did. We, we definitely were hunting. Mm-hmm. We just didn't, we just weren't seeing him. Okay. Um, we hunted. I, I had a really good hunt, um, in an evening, uh, my first sit there, I hunted, um, had a really good hunt, saw several does, saw a good young 10, just wasn't, just didn't see him, yeah. you know, uh, and then we've had we have some we had some other places where we hunted and I mean if I can get a couple of hunts in it's it's very difficult I mean mm-hmm. we got just like just like you we've got kid I got three kids that are actively involved in sports so uh, very hard for me to get afternoon hunts in yep with the family yep all right um, was that first picture that you got of him this year was that a nocturnal pick yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so that tells you yeah. a little bit. Like, what time of night was it? Was it close? It's dead and dead, dead in the dead. Not like even close. Dead, right in the middle. Right in yeah. the middle. All right, all right. Okay, yeah. so this cold front comes through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And were when you were hunting, were you looking for a doe? Were you looking for a different buck? Um, nope. I was, 
I came in to that hunt. Uh, my daughter had a junior high volleyball game. Yep. Uh, volleyball tournament. Uh, so I was able to sneak away, and I knew we had a northwest wind. I knew my access would be really good in this particular spot, and I knew I had until about nine o'clock to hunt. Yep. So I was going to get a little tree stand therapy in, and I had. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply basically one deer on my mind. Uh, that's the only one I was going to, you know, so I went in there crossing my fingers, didn't have a lot of high hopes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, but the, but the morning just felt good. Yeah. Like it just felt amazing out there. It was high pressure, um, you know, cooler temps. It just felt good to be in a tree, yeah. you know? Uh, and you know, the wind was good. I ended up bumping, a, uh, actually two does or I think they were does, um, coming in, um, on the way in, yeah. uh, which surprised me a little bit, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, whereabouts did this day land in the cold front? Did the cold front come through and pass and it was bluebird skies? It was, um, so I, I believe I, I go back on Wonderground and look, um, Thursday, I think the cold front came through, mm -hmm. uh, and the pressure was rising all the way. And I, it, Ironically, it was peaking Saturday morning. Okay. On underground. Um, so, um, you know, the deer were everywhere that morning. Yeah. Saturday morning, they were they were absolutely everywhere. There was deer. Like when I when I left the stand, there was deer. Um, my brothers were seeing deer. My dad was seeing deer. Um, it was just uh, one of those special special mornings for sure. Yeah. All right. So you're in a tree. Sun's mm -hmm. starting to come up. Uh, mm -hmm. What were you seeing? Uh, sun coming up. Didn't see, didn't see a lot. Really. It was, it was, I mean, as soon as I started, started work and probably shooting light, I saw a doe to, to my right and uh, I was watching her. It was a pretty quiet morning. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I happened to put my binoculars down, look over to the left and I see a deer in the, in the, it was very thick where I'm thick area right here in this corner. And there it was. I saw it, brought the binoculars up. I saw the brow time and I saw mass. Okay. So I saw, I saw the brow and I saw mass knew it was him. Um, came right out in the opening, um, 15 yards grunted at him uh, or to stop him. Cause he was, he was moving. Yeah. He was walking very quickly. Yep. Uh, he was going somewhere and I stopped him. Um, and when I stopped him, he did, he did a lot like one of my other deer, uh, another deer I killed about in, I think 2020, um, very mature deer up North. When I stopped him, he just, I mean, his whole body just boom, boom. just throw yep. bang. Yep. Like, what was that? Got out him, shot him. Um, and then gone, ran off, um, um, fletchings, you know, fletching. He, he went, it wasn't a full pass through. Um, and, yeah, couldn't really tell he was gone so quickly. I couldn't tell how far, if it, where it was on the body, if it was front, front of the shoulder, how far back it was. Um, so we elected to, you know, I, you know, I called, I called, made the, made the phone calls. Right. Um, right. Right. And decided to, you know, just go ahead and go to my daughter's game. I uh, went to two of her games uh, and then came back and got on the track and uh, it was, you know, he died in hundred yards. So it was pretty and, awesome. But, but from the time that you saw him, to the time mm -hmm. that you drew back and pulled the trigger. Yeah. How, how much time was that? 10 seconds. Like I had zero, um, zero time or opportunity to get, to just start freaking out. Like yeah. for me, a couple of, a couple of other deer I've killed previously, I've grunted at them and I've seen them from 200 yards, mm -hmm. you know, hundred yards. And I've got to watch them come in and, that that's when I get wiggly yeah, <laughs> and I start squirming. Agreed. Um, this one, I had zero time, zero yeah. time. And, uh, just, you know, um, you know, the takeaway is just making sure you're ready. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I've found it in the past, just catching myself, not being ready, being on my phone, texting, scrolling, yeah. doing stuff like that. Um, I think the takeaway is just 
I'm just really thankful I was ready and I, I wasn't jacking around on my phone. <laughs> I'm going to say this, dude, that you, you make a valid point there because this weekend I was hunting on a farm that does not get good, if any, cell reception, okay? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I couldn't use my phone. I mean, I, I, if I got bored, I would pull up old pictures and I'd scroll back like yeah. three, three years and, oh, hey, oh, there's a picture of my kid, you know, from three years ago, whatever. Or I'm yeah. looking up, you know, trail camera pictures that I've saved or I'm on Onyx, like a saved map on Onyx or or something like that. And so mm -hmm. I, I really wasn't on my phone a lot. I was just kind of had it in my binocular case and I was just watching nature, which is cool. Yep. And if I was on my phone, I bet you I wouldn't have seen this doe that was in front of me, which meant that I wouldn't have seen her pop her head up and look across the drainage uh, where mm. these two where these two bucks were this weekend. Yeah. And so they yeah. weren't they weren't shooters, but still, you know, if I was messing around, I maybe I was swinging in in the saddle and they weren't paying attention and and they would have mm. blown me out, but um yeah. Yeah. What's it like shooting a deer of this caliber and then leaving it and going, going to pay attention to your daughter play a volleyball game. There wasn't much paying attention, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, uh, the first call was to my wife. I told her, hey, hon, plans have changed today. Mm -hmm. um, we are, um, uh, we're going to have to drive separately to the uh, volleyball tournament because I'm leaving after the second game. We're not, I'm not staying the rest of the day, you yeah. know. And uh, she, uh, she was good. She was, she, she was a great sport with that. So after that second game, I peeled out of there. Um, really, you, I start second guessing myself like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I, re I remember even second guessing myself if it, if it was even that deer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because it just happened so quick. Like, did I black out? Was that even the deer that I thought it was? Um, was I way back? Was I, uh, you know, and, and then you get there, we get on the blood and, you know, he, it was, a, it was a good shot. So, um, that was, that was, and then one of the most special things about it is just, um, you know, we, I was able to wait cause my, my oldest brother, of course, he had a basketball tournament with his girls and my younger brother had a basketball tournament with his boys. And, um, you know, we were able to all get back there and just get on the track together. So all four of us were able to recover the animal. Cause I mean, let's be honest, like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And for all four of us to, you know, all summer, you know, prepping stands, putting cameras out, um, putting mineral out, hanging stands, switching stands. Um, it's just, a, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. And I mean, that's why really, it's just the process really killing the animal it was, it was awesome, yeah. but, uh, just the whole memories and the process of it all. It's almost sad when it ends. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact, man. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a good point. Like I've had a couple of deer that I've chased really hard throughout the years and mm -hmm. whether I got them or whether the neighbor got them, it's just like, now what? I guess exactly. now, now, you, now you just start over again. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I, I completely, I, I get that now. Mm -hmm trail camera pictures your dad said hey man this deer doesn't look healthy all right mm -hmm. so what did you find when you found the deer and walked up on him yeah yeah so when we got up on him we noticed immediately he was real mangy um and his hips were his back hips were showing yeah uh you know his spine was he was real bony um very very small body um you know and then whenever I went, you know, I was cleaning, cleaning the animal, there was a, there was a big, um, big spot, um, scab area, you know, probably like a, like a small, like a small pizza size. Yeah. Right. Um, and we got him, we got him to the barn and then, you know, I went to cape him out and he had a, he had a big spot right here under his, under his jawline, um, like just a, like a, a lump of something. And, you know, local, local, uh, conservation agent, I called them and they came out and they looked at it and I didn't know what it was. It ended up being, um, a big gland. I don't know if it's a, I think it's a, is it a thyroid gland. Um, anyway, it was a, it was a gland that he said, and it was about four times what it should be. Okay. Um, he said the deer was, was severely infected. So gotcha. we're thinking, I mean, we're thinking maybe, um, got hit by a car because that in between bedding and food, there's definitely a road, okay. uh, a farmer. So we could have got hit. Um, I mean, I mean, could have got shot. Could have yeah. got shot with with a with a small caliber rifle, even. Yeah. So definitely, he definitely. Uh, I mean, didn't look like he was going to make it through the rut for yeah. sure. Yeah. So 
which even makes it sweeter that we were able to harvest him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so right before he dies and coyotes get him or whatever, the cool, but at the same time, he's, is he 170 plus? Uh, yeah, he taped it. I, I gross taped him at 180. So he is a, he is a large deer. Yeah. (laughs) He has six inch pieces, um, 20. We didn't realize how much mass he was going to have. Um, he has, he's got his threes, his, I just, um, I mean, his, I'm looking at him here is, you got a skull cap right there. Yeah. Yeah. Pull it out. Show, show Uh, the, I I mean, I've got, I, I have, he, um, you know, I took him to the taxidermist and then the taxidermist just gives me the rack, but uh, yeah. he still had velvet on. So he's still got velvet on his tips, which makes me a wonder if that has something to do with uh, an injury yep. um, likely, but you know, this three right here is 12 inches. Um, you know, this one's 11. Uh, and then, and then the fork here is on the G- fork deep. on the left G2 deep yeah. fork. Yeah. So what's yeah. he got 12 scorable or 11? Uh, he's got a little, he's got, well, he's got a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got 13. 13 he's got a, little, got a little point. He's got a little kicker here. Yep. He's got a kicker off. It's two. Yep. It's a little one. Yep. So, um, he's a special deer. So yeah. uh, I know that, I mean, so, you know, with 15 plus years, they probably run in 20 to 30 cameras, uh, in the area. Um, that's 25 inches more than a deer we've ever gotten pictures of. Okay. So, so that's the kind of deer that was there. So what makes a deer like that survive and, and get that big? Obviously he had mm-hmm. some superior genetics, right? Mm-hmm. What, what did sure. you, what did you think he was for an age? I think it was five, five. Okay. Age. All right. So yeah. f- a 180 inch five-year-old man, that's pretty good. Um, especially in a right, a rifle rut or a rut Mm -hmm. rifle state. Um, Mm -hmm. what do you think led to this deer getting away for all those years Mm -hmm. to get this age and get that antler size? Uh, I think, uh, one of the main things has to do with the, the place that he lived most of his time, um, in the big bedding, um, big area there. It didn't seem like I don't know what what happened, but there used to be a big a big group come in and rifle hunt that. Yep. Haven't seen them in the last two years. Good, right? <laughs> one of the reasons why this why this deer was probably still alive. So, and it was World War Three over there um, yeah. for sure. Um, but that has that has a lot to that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, you know, and just uh, uh, you know, I think that this deer, you know, it just. I mean, he, he obviously any, any deer in Missouri that can get to five is, is a special animal that, um, doesn't come out in daylight very much. (laughs) Right. Right. That is for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's awesome, man. Um, what, what did the conservation, uh, officer do with the deer or like, did you have to do anything special, like, uh, sign something or, or hand over the body or something like that? No, that was a, that was a learning. I mean, that was a learning experience for us too. Um, yeah, they came in, they documented it, um, and you know, we uh, we were able to dismiss of the deer. Um, so uh, they just documented it and said, "Yep, I wouldn't need it either. Uh, you're you're free to go." Okay. Basically. All right. So mm-hmm. you know, you were advised not to eat the deer. I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, what about? Did they do take any samples or do any testing? No, they didn't. Okay. They didn't. It was it was pretty obvious that the deer was infected from a from a wound. Okay. That he, yeah. Gotcha. That's that's what that's what the determination was. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Well, dude, yep. congratulations on an absolute slob. Um, it you. sounds like you have how many tags can you get in Missouri? Uh, we can get you can get as many doe tags as you want. Yeah. Um, you can get you can, it's a two buck state, so. Um, technically I can't, I won't shoot a buck or I, I probably won't shoot one this year, the rest of the year, but, uh, you can get, you, I'm able to shoot another one in, um, rifle season. Gotcha. Um, if okay. I get one in rifle, then I can go back to archery. So is that so, what, um, you can have one archery tag mm-hmm. and then you can have one rifle tag. And if you don't fill your rifle tag, you can use that tag late season archery. Correct. Okay. 
that's that's how I understand it anyway. Yeah. Right. So I haven't killed it. I haven't killed two bucks in, in, in the same year forever. So yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of other people in the family that are after one. So um, I I'm looking forward to grabbing a video camera and and putting my saddle on and hopping in the stand with them and taking my kids youth season. So looking for a, forward to a, a fun fall for sure. That's awesome. So, man. That's it, awesome. It's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks to have your tag field, but um, it's kind of relieving. And I kind of just look forward to just getting in a stand and getting outside. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you look at the news this morning and every, every morning and overseas they're, they're doing all they can to just stay alive in Israel right, right now. And we're out here able to hunt and enjoy our time so yeah. very thankful for that. absolutely and you know when it comes to tagging out early mm -hmm. i've had a couple of those seasons where i've i've maybe hunted three total hunts four total hunts um not yeah. not counting like a early season weekend or something like that but like my rut vacation I, that i dedicate time to is like three or four sits and then i tagged out and so mm -hmm. Short term, you go, God, I wish I was in a tree. You, you tag that buck, you take him to the taxidermist and the processor. Yeah. Then it's kind of done, right? Yeah. But you only think about that for just one year because then you kind of look <laughs> back at it as this deer is going to be on your wall and you just oh, look yeah. back at it and you go, hey, man, that was cool, right? That that was yeah. cool that I that I got this buck. And you don't think so much about the 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 amount of time that you didn't hunt but mm -hmm. the story is you know if it was a different like dude i hunted this buck for like 20 days mm -hmm. in a row right and finally <laughs> you know i finally got him but but man yeah, there's so that's uh, for sure yeah well man good luck the rest of the season hopefully uh your dad or your brothers and or, or the kids in the family get an opportunity at a some you know fill the freezer or get the experience or get a, another giant on the wall uh, so thanks for taking time out of your day to do this, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Good luck. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Jeremy. Huge shout out to all of you. Huge shout out to Tether, Wasp, Vortex, Code Blue, Woodman's Pal, Huntworth, and Full Sneak Gear. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Last but not least, good vibes this time of year. It's going to get you a long way. And wear your damn safety harness. Have a good one. Thank you.